0: Schadenfreude? Everybody must have screamed, ah! He's a sung hero. A little pushy-pushy. Are you back from listening to Stairway to Heaven twice? Now those are just words I looked up on the internet. Unreasonable Down, a podcast about West Virginia University basketball, starts now. Hello from the studio in Nitro, West Virginia. This is Unreasonable Down. It's a podcast about West Virginia University basketball i'm josh witt not talking about the drake album i'm an older person i feel like drake's close to my age his new album is called for all the dogs and that feels right for me personally because you know how like dog whistles only dogs can hear them i feel the same way with the album it's not for me it could be for you and that's fantastic it's not what we're here to talk about domino effect is what we're here to talk about. Lots of domino effects. Lots of dominoes have fell in the last 12 months in relation to WVU basketball. And another one dropped here recently. I don't know what that leads to. But a big one happened in October of last year, and it wasn't in Morgantown. And you can call it a domino. You can call it a butterfly effect. That was a movie, chain reaction. That's got to be the name of a movie. Pick one of those. Maybe all of those apply. Steve Masiello, you know that guy? He was the head coach of the Manhattan Jaspers. Jaspers, Jaspers, hard J. If Steve Massiello doesn't get fired one year ago, then Jose Perez preseason Miack player of the year in 2022, plays his final year of eligibility at Manhattan. He would have done that last season, and then he moves on. He's out of eligibility, and he goes on with the rest of his life doing whatever he does, probably never gets in the WVU orbit. Steve Massiello, three winning seasons in his 11 years as head coach of the, of the, not the Jaspers, the Jaspers. If he doesn't get fired two weeks before the start of last basketball season, so not a great coach, but you don't get fired for being a bad coach in October, except for Steve Masiello, Masiello. Because according to then athletic director Mary Ann Riley, I'm going to quote this quote as we look to building successful teams for the future, and with the signing period approaching, we determine that it is time to begin rebuilding from the top down, end quote. So that decision was made not like, hey, we're not playing basketball and we've got a long time to kind of maybe, if we have this feeling about the coach, make the change and you know, March or April, and then six months later you play basketball. Nope. They all of a sudden, two weeks before, <laughs> two weeks before the season starts, with one Manhattan player being the conference player of the year preseason, high hopes for the Manhattan Jaspers. This AD says <laughs> because the signing period is approaching. We got to fix things and we're going to go top down. All right. So if that doesn't happen, then Omar Silverio, he plays his final year of eligibility in Manhattan. So Jose and Omar, they finish their college careers in Manhattan with the Jaspers. And we, you know, unless Manhattan plays WVU in a postseason tournament, that's it. It doesn't cross our path. It doesn't. All the weird stuff that's happened with, with those two particularly that doesn't happen. And by weird, I'm being generous there. It's been pretty rough for both gentlemen. I'm not saying who's the cause of that. That is, that is uh, those guys would know better, but they don't go to Morgantown. They don't end up in our orbit. I don't talk about them at a, on a very small domino, talk about these scenarios on a podcast. So <laughs> by the way, Marianne Riley, she was AD at the time, no longer the AD in Manhattan. She stepped down in June of this year, right before the the good old NCAA. In Manhattan, with two years of probation due to lack of compliance with eligibility and recruitment for 30 plus players in six different sports, most of it in in softball. But that she's not there anymore. Now, does Steve, her firing Steve Massiello, have anything to do with her getting out of town before the NCAA comes down? I don't know. Technically, not a domino, but it did drop. That domino dropped Marianne Riley not in that job. If Steve Massiello doesn't get fired in October of 2022, then Jose Perez doesn't hit the transfer portal, doesn't come to WVU, doesn't help recruit Omar to WVU. And then, as I mentioned earlier, reference earlier, Omar gets the The ultimate red card from the NCAA saying, not only are you not playing for WVU this season, we've determined you're out of eligibility, bud. Best of luck in your future endeavors. That doesn't happen if if Steve coaches for Manhattan in 2022-2023. It doesn't happen. It throws everything I've talked about out the window other than Marianne Riley losing her job or stepping away from her job the thing about this if steve massiello doesn't get fired jose doesn't help recruit good friend a cook a cook so i would argue i mean jose perez has been the host for pretty much everybody that's come in through the transfer portal so i would say his role has varied he has he has a piece of the pie in all of the Transfer portal guys that came in, bigger pieces of the pie. I I would argue for Omar and for A. Cook A. Cook, because they're really good friends. And A. Cook a Cook, not a a good kept secret of him transferring from Providence via Georgetown to WVU. I don't think that happens if Jose Perez is is not in morgantown and that doesn't happen established if steve masiello didn't get fired two weeks before the start of the college basketball season last year and listen if steve masiello doesn't get fired then jose doesn't get his waiver denied to play last season at wvu and that's a what if you know what if perez plays in the big 12 schedule does that give West Virginia more wins? Does it affect chemistry? I don't know. We'll never know. I would think a preseason player of the year, even if it's in a mid-major conference, could bring some positives to a team that had a pretty good, te- had a pretty good year last year. But let's not get into that. He doesn't get his waiver denied. He doesn't enter to the transfer portal again before playing a minute for WVU. After Bob Huggins opened the portal with what uh, he did, Jose Perez doesn't return to WVU. Jose Perez doesn't make me think that we'll have another Teddy Allen type experience. Like, without watching him play one minute of WVU basketball, he gave off Teddy Allen 2.0, like mature Teddy Allen. Like, we got, we got the freshman Teddy Allen. This was last year of eligibility Jose Perez that we were gonna get, but the the scouting report on Jose Perez, he gets the ball in the basket. Not a great shooter, he just knows how to score. Who does that sound like? Who did that in his freshman year in Morgantown? And that's, I, that's another what if. What if Teddy Allen did not, and that is a big what if, Teddy Allen not finishing his career at WVU, he had plenty of places he had to go. And I I enjoyed the Teddy Allen one season. I wish Teddy Allen truly the best in his future endeavors. I'm if somebody says to me, Josh, can there's another guy who's gonna make you think about Teddy Allen that's gonna play for WVU, I perk up. That's exciting for me. Not for everyone. Exciting for me. But I don't think about any of that, you know. Jose Perez doesn't get dismissed by Josh Eilert a little over a month before this season starts. Uh, Why was he dismissed? Well, Josh Eilert, his exact quote was, we wish Jose the best in his future endeavors. Like he, he got hit with that. So read into that what you will. The reporting is that it was due to, in part or in whole, an academic issue It's probably not just that one thing. And by academic issue, the one known quantity we have is that Jose Perez wasn't going to study hall. And while Josh Eilert did not address that specifically, he did say in his most recent press conference that there were a a list of non negotiables that every player had to take care of. And you can infer from that that Jose Perez was not doing. One of the things that was non-negotiable, maybe study hall, maybe more than that. Who's to say? Maybe we'll find out in the future. We probably won't. None of that happens if 162 wins and 177 losses in his third in his 11 seasons in Manhattan. Steve Massiello doesn't get fired last October. This whole segment doesn't exist. If Steve Massiello, I can't imagine any anything recorded has had the word Steve Massiello said this many times in 10 to 15 minutes. None of this would have happened and probably for the better if if he doesn't if he wasn't a mediocre head coach for Manhattan. So thanks Steve. <laughs> thanks coach Massiello. Thanks marianne riley and the administration there at, at and the fine folks in manhattan i know they were really cooperative and trying to get jose back on the court last season i say that very tongue in cheek you know just thanks thanks for doing that because everything that's happened in in west virginia's orbit since that happened now does bob Huggins do, do what he did because Steve Masiello got fired I, I can't find the correlation there but you could get a you could get a Charlie from It's Always Sunny kind of map trying to put all the pieces together on how this all has to do with the first domino of Steve Masiello getting, getting canned in late October of 2022 from Manhattan good news to bring this full circle, Steve will be in Morgantown for business on December 1st. Why? Because he's currently found himself as the associate head coach of his former coach when he was a player and former assistant at other spots, Rick Bettino and the St. John's, whatever they're called now. Are they the storm? The Red Storm. So we'll get to see... Steve's going to enter our orbit. the The first domino goes to for WVU fans, Ground Central, to see what chaos he in part delivered. I do I, it's such a I want to do a goodbye Jose. I don't know what to do. If he didn't play, he was here for a year, played zero minutes. He, <laughs> again, I don't think it's all negative and whatever decisions the man's made to get him dismissed from the program, uh, that's, that's, for, that's something that he knows. I know it's not all negative because I know some of the guys who are still on this roster have some part or maybe a large part to do with the work of Jose Perez. So I do wish Jose the best in his future endeavors. Maybe not in the Josh Eilert way. Or maybe, who's to say? So where does that lead WVU with this Jose Perez news? If you go back and listen to the Hello Preseason episode, the, the episode from last week with Patrick Oliverio, listen to that. Everything I said specifically about Kobe Johnson, Seth Wilson, and Josiah Harris in regards to how their roles will be affected by the battle waiver take all of that information, and it applies to the Jose Perez dismissal. All of it falls in line in that all three of those guys should see their roles increase by Jose being off the team. Coach Eilert confirmed what I was saying in that episode, that Kobe Johnson, his role probably this year, is getting minutes at the one. I think that means backing up Kirk Crecia and just – more of Kobe coming off the bench and either playing point or providing minutes in the guard spot. Maybe not necessarily at the one, but that's his role. Also, Coach Eilert said if I need a stop, Kobe Johnson's our guy. Take with that, take that information for what you will. Kobe Johnson's not bad at defense. Is he, he was not as good as Kedrian. That is a high level, but that's our defensive guard. That's who Eilert would put out there as I need a stop. So do with that what you will. Perez gone, that means really Kobe's role increases maybe, but he's more playing the one in my mind. So really, Seth Wilson, Josiah Harris, same as last week for the battle waiver, but it applies now for Jose Perez being gone. In that both guys will see their role increase, both could possibly be a starter this upcoming season. Whether either wants to go three guards, uh, whether with Battle in, it could be Krecia, Battle, and Wilson. With with Battle being like the guarding threes, is he big enough to guard a three? I don't know how they do that. There's not a perfect fit here, except for Josiah Harris. Josiah Harris battle waiver approved or denied if he can take a step up i i think he is has the most increase in role based on this news with perez because it's the one guy you can see naturally fitting at the three where he totally makes sense he can guard bigger guys and he can play the three he can be that swing guy i totally see it working he just got to make a big jump from his role as a freshman which is possible. And Eilert is talking him up in his press conferences, talking about him finding his role rebounding for this team. So I want to see that happen. And I think he has the biggest, um, is the biggest beneficiary of Jose Perez not being in the mix. And not talking Seth and Josiah, uh, Josiah Quinn Lazinski kind of comes into the into maybe you watch his uh you watch his youtube clips i have watched his youtube clips he plays he doesn't play back to the basket he play he can play outside he can do pick and pop he can spot up shoot threes we'll see how that looks in mountaineer madness tonight is it just me the mountaineer madness poster Josh Eilert's eyes. Does it give you Michael Jackson Thriller vibes? Like when Michael Jackson turns his head and smiles, spoiler alert if you haven't seen the music video for Thriller, the eyes is what I'm talking about. Like I, I just, <laughs> if somebody put on the internet a picture, the Mountaineer Madness picture of Josh Eilert with the, the laughing sound at the, at the end of the Thriller video, and the song, uh I would really enjoy that anyway. Slizinski could play some three, but that really messes up your front court uh rotation and your your depth I mean, if you play Sliz- Slizinski, a cook and Edwards at the same time, then who then everybody's just staring at Pat Sumnik and the new guy from Egypt is like. Uh, all right, you guys, you're the last guys left. <laughs> I don't think that that's in the cards for our guy from Egypt to immediately jump in and play minutes at Division I basketball this year. Definitely would be seen as a, as a prospect. I think he's a walk-on. So that's not probably the best scenario, but it's just Sumnick, uh backing up two positions. And that, it's not great. You could make it work. But do you want to make it work? And maybe it's more complicated than that. And Eilert can figure out the rotations and get all those three guys involved. Maybe Slizinski doesn't start, but finds a way to get two of those three of a Cook, and Edwards on the court at one time. Probably that's the goal. What that looks like starting versus rotations throughout the game, we're going to find out. Read up on WVU sports by going to SmokingMusket.com. This podcast is under the Smoking Musket umbrella. Follow Smoking Musket on X, at Smoking Musket. Listen to another Smoking Musket podcast. West By Pod, Jordan and Joel talking about WVU football. The team's riding high, 4-1 and one going into a bye week. Houston up next. There's is there any real stakes in that one? Any WVU relation as far as who's at Houston? I'm not sure, but they can tell you. Check it all out, Smoking Musket. You got to believe. Back to dominoes. It this Perez news takes the biggest domino left to fall, which is the battle waiver, and makes it bigger. Like we are just like whatever comparison you want to make times 10 times 20 model car to the actual car, matchbox car to real life, however you want to do it. There's so many car comparisons, right? How this jumps up the importance of the battle waiver. And I would argue for anybody to be waiting on an eligibility question that's on this roster. And it's just a matter of, will they play this season or not? I think more than crecia And I think more than Edwards battle is the biggest domino that there could be in that he is a scorer. He he's not relying on pick and roll or somebody feeding him the ball. I think the Mountaineers could make it work. Lord. They've done it under Huggins for many years without a true point guard. So it's something where it's not ideal, but very rarely has WVU had this true point guard like is coming in as far as pass first. Who's the guy when the shot clock's down or when the game's on the line that's going to try to get you a shot? The the get-a-bucket guy could have been Perez. He's gone. And so really, to me, and we'll know as the season progresses and maybe guys can step into that role, but just on paper, it looks like battle's the guy. That's our get-a-bucket at the end of the shot clock. And we don't know if he's eligible to play this season. So ugh, that's not great. The countdown is on. We're about a month away from basketball tipping off. Basketball that counts. Battle will get to participate in Mountaineer Madness that's going down tonight in the Coliseum. I don't know how that affects the charity exhibition. I There is talk of a secret scrimmage. Josh Eilert He didn't let the cat out of the bag. He did confirm that a secret scrimmage was going to happen. Can Battle play in that? I don't know. But we're going to find out, hopefully, before the first game in November, whether Battle can play. It is the, let's be very clear, the biggest possible domino and hopefully the less domino. I don't want any more Jose Perez-type dominoes to fall before, before games start being played. Do you? Lord, we've had so many dominoes. I'm getting hungry. Uh, Pizza. That's it for this episode of Unreasonable Doubt. Listen on all the platforms, or just pick one. Apple Podcasts, Overcast, Spotify, YouTube. Until next time, I'm Josh Witt. Josh Eiler, as the interim head coach of WVU men's basketball, his record overall, zero wins, zero losses.